this is definitely like potentially a, a cool channel to get in front of your audience. But then I like as a user, I was like, Ugh, I don't like this. One characteristic emerged as a significant predictor of success. It was grit. We are recording. All right. New intro. Fresh. Yeah. We have not prepped at all. We have nothing. Let's just get after it and see yeah. what happens. Right before we hit record, you were asking what the cool, what are the cool kids talking about? What's like the hot topic these days? I can't claim to know. Every time we do a podcast, I get on Twitter because I don't get on it that much anymore. Ever since I made the like deleted off my phone and I just kind of like cycle through just <laughs> just to see what is there like some topic that everyone seems to be like arguing over in tech is there or like i mean the better question is what is it what is the argument du jour i guess i mean obviously a lot of people are talking about like all the stock stuff but it's a little bit past that like all the GameStop and all that good stuff there's a little bit of the the bitcoin talk because it's over 50k now but yeah i don't know i haven't scrolled enough to see if there's like some well, I, I guess Clubhouse is like, for, yeah, Clubhouse has been like a big. Yeah, kind I'm kind of, I'm like already really. tired of hearing about it, to be honest. Like, Should we just, can we shit on Clubhouse? I mean, I've never while? even used it. So this is like the most, like. Should we drink a little more? Yeah, this is like the worst, just like judgment from afar. But well, so you haven't used it. I signed up. My immediate reaction was like, okay, this is definitely cool because it's different. It's not something that, you know. It's not something that I've seen before, and I guess a lot of people. It's basically live radio, and there can be there's just like tons of different. It's like live radio of like people that you follow on Twitter in your little communities and stuff doing this. So, which is kind of cool. However, after <laughs> having it on my phone for like literally like less than a week, you're getting these constant push notifications where they're like, these people are on are going on live right now. And it's like none of the topics seem of interest. And then even when you get on, I don't know, like these aren't like the typical radio people that are like experienced in doing live radio and constantly being entertaining and whatever. Like it's like us trying to do that. It's us without the (laughs) option to just without editing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, without no editing. And like it's 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 like there's lots of FOMO driven. Yeah, tons of filler, just like not interesting tons of like i don't know just like well i'm sure i just haven't i'm sure there are interesting things on there i just have not so i have to be on constant and also like when i get these push notifications the same people i fall they're they're on it all the time they're like doing all these things it's like midnight they're doing it like what the hell are these people doing let alone like these are the people like actually on like they're a part of the people that are sort of speaking and then there's like all the people that are like listening to it you know, at the same time, like, what are these people doing that they can just, they have the time to like, listen to these, you know, hour, hour and a half long clubhouse things. Just I'm like, I barely have a time to even listen to a couple podcasts a week. Like when I go run, that you and that's like my only thought. Yeah. Why would I sacrifice? Why would I sacrifice, you know, the couple hours a night, like, rather than like spend it with my family or friends or something like that. Like, why would I get on this thing? I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, honestly, I wonder if with coronavirus, if like people who maybe you know live alone or something, like it suddenly gives you like a community of voices, which is pretty cool, I guess. But 
Yeah, I think, and I'm, I'm curious, like, I don't, again, I don't, I know almost nothing about it other than just reading random Twitter takes, but I feel like moving away from the asynchronous, I mean, editing or not, I think the asynchronous format for podcasts is like the publish subscribe model is like the whole point. And then obviously it gives you a chance to hopefully, you know, any of the like bigger shows typically do some editing. So it, it makes for a little bit more of a polished experience. Anybody that actually is running, like anybody that's actually running a legit business where you're, I mean, if you are running one, like it's hard, like you don't have time. Like you're working a lot. There's a lot of different, you're juggling a lot of different things, problems, you know, deadlines, tasks, random taxes, all kinds of stuff. Like there's no time during the day when you're working unless you just are slacking. And then if you have like lower, you know, like lowercase s slacking, right? Slacking, slacking. (laughs) And if you have, you know, if you have like a wife or husband, like if you have family or kids, like there's just, you're not going to choose. I mean, I I would hope you're not going to choose like some random clubhouse meetup thing. Yeah, I was, I was, I left that. I saw Josh Pigford's tweet somewhat recently that he said, Parenting is two decades of not having a complete conversation with your spouse or something like that, which I got a kick out of. I'm thinking like, hmm. I can barely even have a full conversation with with my spouse. I'm yeah. not going to be hopping on like an hour and a half conference call essentially with a bunch of random like VCs or something. I just, yeah, I just don't see it. Well, no. And it definitely feels like, like when you get on it, you're like, this is like a, this is like a Zoom meeting. Well, I will say like, like that's, that's exactly one thing this is. I'm or a webinar. Like, what I compare still it feels Yeah, worse. exactly. Like I'm kind of comparing it to podcasts, but maybe... Maybe it's more apt to to look at like, yeah, webinars or... Yeah, it's not a podcast. I do like audio versus video. I think it can be better in a lot of ways. But yeah, I just think the synchronous thing just kind of kills it. And it sounds like from what you're saying about the push notifications that like, because part of me was like, oh, I bet and maybe they still will incorporate some sort of feed like subscription, like you could get access to all these things on your own time in a podcast feed or I don't know what it would look like, but yeah, it sounds like they're doing, it's like a lot of the goal is to like just FOMO drive everyone to jump on. I hate that. Yeah. Which is like exactly what I'm trying to avoid. I've, I've like over the past year or two, I've done a lot to move away from that world. So I'm, I'm no hurry to get back into it. Well, they have to get you on because if you're not on, then they can't hit their like, what is it like astronomical daily active yeah. users, how long they stay on, like all that kind of stuff for a company that doesn't make any revenue. Oh, like, speaking of that, I do. This yeah, is basically. old news, but I saw it resurface for some reason. And I saw that Spotify, like at IPO, they're in there, like somewhere in the notes around their what they count as active users was like listens to more than zero milliseconds of audio each month or something. <laughs> It was like, wait, what? Like, that's how they're actually... I think it was someone who talks about ad, you know, ad viewability and advertising stuff, thinking like, this is not... Like, advertisers are seeing monthly active users, but if that's what that means, like, that's not the right number. But it's pretty <laughs> funny. I got a kick out of that. Yeah. Yeah. You can, like, accidentally play... Like, if Siri or somebody gets your request wrong, you might be, like, a monthly active user for Spotify within with and never hear a song. But it is funny that, like, I wonder if this is the case... And I'm trying to think back to when we, I don't think this was ever the case of any business. I mean, I guess in our first company, we did track a lot of metrics, but I mean, the main metrics were like revenue. Even then when we were, it was a little bit different situation. Now it's definitely like for us, it's like definitely like, it's just like revenue, right? That's the main driver. But for some of these, 
I mean, I guess for a lot of these VC backed companies, especially like social apps and stuff like that, like they just don't care at all about that, at least in the beginning. Well, it's all, yeah, it's, so, it's, it's all these random. Yeah. You got to scale and get just every eyeball or in this case, like your whole, but have you yeah, seen, have you seen capiche.fm? Have you come across that yet? I've heard that name, but I don't know what they do or at least not off the top of my head. I think it's way cooler. It's basically like it's sort of radio-esque and that you can call in. So you can basically have like a podcast where you just I guess it's more like maybe maybe sort of comparable to Anchor or something, but mm. it generates a podcast feed. The end result is a podcast feed, but you can do I think you can maybe listen live if you're around. And then you can have guests and stuff just like dial in a phone oh, number yeah. so that they can like they can join without any sort of technological overhead. Yeah, I think I cool. have seen that. That's kind of have like you done more, one? more of my. No, I have not. I've listened to one. That's more interesting to me. But is that a earnest capital company? I do not know. I feel like I came across it or maybe he was on that thing. Tyler, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember where I saw it. But yeah, that makes more sense. I mean, that's what I... But that's if it was a different, if, complete. I, I don't know what their fund funding model and like their goals and everything are, but it feels like it has a completely different growth outlook than something like Clubhouse, which is trying to be like the Twitter for audio or whatever. Which I guess Twitter is also trying to be the Twitter for audio. So <laughs> if they did a podcast at the end, I would definitely. I mean, I literally, I haven't given one of these Clubhouse. I don't even know what they're called. Clubhouse meetups or groups or shows or whatever chats. I've given. A couple of first of all, I can't ever like I almost never can or have time to like catch one that like I actually would want to listen to, and then on the ones that I just jump into just because I want to see what the experience is like. It's like I just don't. It's so awful. Like it, there's nothing interesting. It's a bunch of filler. Like all these random people are talking, not the person that you actually went there to see talk. You're like, oh, it like it like lets you know who's on it. You're like, oh, hmm. I wonder what they're talking about. And then it's like, they never talk. It's like all these random people I've never heard of. No idea. Like, and they're <laughs> just filling air with nothing. Like it's, yeah, it's so far, I have not had a great experience, but I could just be, I mean, I'm sure I just, I just haven't. Yeah, I, just I feel like they're, like I'm trying to figure the right. out. I already kind of hate like scheduled, because I'm thinking of like the different pockets of the world where I could use this, like business, family, personal, friends, whatever. I'm like, I already kind of hate when we try to do like a big group, like FaceTime or whatever. It just, or Zoom or whatever you do. Like, it's hard to get everyone together. It's with more than a couple people talking, it becomes like sort of unwieldy. Yeah. Like all those same, same problems apply here. Yeah. It feels a lot like that. So you'll hear a lot of that. Like you get on and it's like people interrupting each other. The audio is not very good because nobody's using like, it's not a podcast. So they're not using good audio equipment. They're not editing it. Like it's it's like basically people on phones. So the audio is like yeah, that would drive me crazy. Kind of spotty. That's where like it's if they terrible, turned it into but... a podcast feed, it would pretty it would be pretty bad actually because like I wouldn't listen to it because it's so raw. It's like phone phone quality audio with no editing. It just sounds like a disaster. Like I don't want to hear a three hour conversation that could have been you know forty five minutes with a good yeah. with a good mic. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Like I just haven't had. I just have no time for it. So it's like, I don't think I've given it the proper. I mean, obviously, there must be something to it if so many people are just so gung ho about it. But I'm always sort of for me so far, it's like not into it. My my takes, I feel like my the proportion of what drives my 
takes on things like this is like increasingly becoming just I'm old and I don't care anymore as opposed like part of it is like, oh, I'm I'm wiser and I have like a little better foresight and feel for these types of things. But as I get older and older, it's like that part just gets less and less and feels like it's more, but it's actually less and more of it's like, eh, I, who cares? Like I can't I can't invest any time to like understand these things. Yeah. Well, I think there's two sides of it. One is as a user and one is like the people that are like the content of it like the people on the, you know, the chat or whatever it is. I could see, like, if the right audience, if our audience, whether it was made with grit or our company, if I knew that they were there, which I don't know that that's the case yet, if I knew that that they were there, it could possibly be, I mean, it would definitely be something you'd want to experiment on from a marketing perspective. Well, I was thinking it could be interesting to think of it like office hours. Or something. I mean, there's other ways to do that. Obviously, that could just, be cool. You could just have like a Zoom or a whereby link. Yeah. But like, kind of being like, hey, every week or day or however often. Especially if you're some, if you're a company like Notion or something with some like massive, like maybe that's too big. I don't know. But where you know you're going to get like a handful of people kind of just jumping in, and it's more like a hands-on. What's your questions? I'll just field them. But like low, there's a lower bar for. It doesn't feel as like formal as video. So that, that might work better. Again, I, I don't, you could just use whatever technology for that, but. No, I mean, I think it, I definitely, my initial thought when I first signed up and logged in was like, oh, this is, my initial thought of this is cool was more from like a marketing perspective. It was like, oh, you could do some cool stuff. If your audience was here, there's, this is definitely like potentially a, a cool channel to get in front of your audience. But then I like, as a user, I was like, ugh. I don't like this. Yeah. Live <laughs> is tough. I mean, because there's obviously a lot of value to getting on like, you know, let's say you get on a, a video call with with a customer and there's a lot you can work through in a high fidelity way. But if it's a webinar or something, typically they're recorded because otherwise it's like, well, if you weren't there, too bad. Like that's not a great, I feel like that's not a great way to get better return on your time investment of like it's imagine like I wrote like a help doc, but it like expired after one day or something like that sort of doesn't make sense. <laughs> it kind of defeats the point. So, yeah, someone's going to be like, hey, Kyle, you can actually just turn a pod- clubhouse into a podcast. Oh, but, oh, ooh. I obviously have done no <laughs> research, so don't at me. I have seen some people that are doing they're like recording it. I guess it's like a screen recording or some sort of video recording. And then they're posting like their crappy video recordings as like a podcast feed on YouTube. It's not a podcast, but it's like here's the audio in the video and like you can turn that you can turn youtube videos into a podcast so then i guess people are (laughs) looking at it that way but some of these things are so long they're super long because it's unedited there's no like time frame for a lot of these things and there's a bunch of people talking so they just keep going and i've heard i mean i've read some stuff on twitter of like people like they're going on this thing and like into the night it's like one two in the morning they're like up i'm like I could see this actually, now that I'm saying this, like I could see doing this for like a sporting event with friends or something, maybe like you're, you're distributed watching a game. Cause I, this is something I've tried to do before where it's like, let's get either a video link or some sort of way to just communicate. I actually tried once to like get a screen, like a share a stream so we could all be at the same time, which I think there are different tools for that too. But this could be a cool way to kind of like have what feels like a less intense way to just chat with your friends as things are happening yeah i haven't thought about that way but yeah that makes sense because that's like anybody that wants to listen you know what i mean like i'm trying to think of like attach it to something that already demands live content and then it makes more sense to me but that's a good idea yeah so 
I mean, Next we're, Falcons we're not game. the people to ask, I guess. I'm, I'm so out of the loop on purpose, and I also hate synchronous things by default. So this is not for me. Yeah, well... Fast forward we'll two see years, what happens. Like it sounds like clubhouse or something. Yeah, it sounds like they're crushing it, at least in terms of raising money and users. And well, I just want to see the Twitter competitor come out. I think it's in like beta yeah. or something. Yeah, it should be interesting. And then I noticed, well, I might have made some money on this, but I noticed the company that supposedly they're built on. I, I mean, they're built on a bunch of things, including I, I think they're built on Twilio too, just like most of those types of companies. But supposedly like the inner like the whole like live audio like feed type of thing is like that's all built on what is it algora api it's like api twilio is there sort of thing right well yeah i think they're they're kind of in some ways they're a twilio competitor but they have their own little niche of like what they do and it's kind of like what clubhouse is doing that's like they have a platform that sort of they're more like focused on voice whereas twilio is focused on like a lot of stuff and they're sort of known for like text and email and stuff but yeah so like as all this clubhouse stuff has just like been picking up steam over the past couple months they their stock price has just been like blowing up over the last couple months because i think elon musk got on one of these clubhouse chats and he said like he mentioned something about algora Am I saying that right? I don't even Algora. remember what it is. I know, I know who exactly you're talking about. There's like two. No, of them. not Algolia. I think it's Algora. <laughs> Algora. And all I know, all I know is it's API is the which the is stock a, ticker, which is amazing, which is awesome. Yeah. So, anyways, he got on there and he was like, "Yeah, it's built on API." And the next day, it just started like going up like crazy. Anything Elon says, like stuff starts going up, even like fake cryptocurrencies and stuff, but. Anyways, it went up, so I <laughs> I put a pretty hefty amount of money on it, like that, like into that day that it was going up, just hoping that the next day it would go up. And it went up like I want to say it went up like twenty or twenty five percent, and it was like a decent sum of money. So, and then I just like sold most of it right after that, like literally in one day. It was the shortest. I became a day trader that day, and I lost a lot of money in taxes, but I still made a lot of money so it's all good so you're like who has time for these clubhouse calls i'm too busy trading stocks <laughs> all day long that is true i have <laughs> i i've been getting into it i feel like actually there's probably like a lot of people doing that on clubhouse calls i feel like that's like the perfect use like let's all get on a clubhouse call and like just i don't know rant and about like speculative stock buying all day that's probably a thing most of the time it has kind of become a hobby a little bit but most of the time it's like something i do like Everybody does stuff in between. Like they need to get away for a second. Like, oh, I've been answering support conversations for an hour and a half. Like <laughs> I need to do something different or go get food or like get out of the house or run or whatever. So like sometimes I'll like, that'll be the thing that I like flip on and just kind of look through and maybe do something and maybe not. Like what is a hobby? When does it become <laughs> like, I well, understand, like is it frequency that becomes a problem or is it like bets size? bet size is that what the trigger is like okay i'm just i'm just i just gamble online it's just a hobby but like as soon as you put down like 100k buy-in or something like that's when it's a problem or when well we'll find out but no i mean it the days when it when it becomes a problem are the days when i put more down right like it's like most days it's like i don't do anything and then some days i'll do like maybe a little bit well here's like, a question i don't care when you when you sell the stock do you take the money out of your Robinhood account i have but 
not most of the time I don't. Okay. So that, I think that sort of answers the question. <laughs> <laughs> Once it gets into Robinhood, it's just monopoly money at that point. Well, like going back to the API one, when I put that, like that amount of money down, it was hard to like focus on work that day because it was like, like that doesn't sound like a hobby <laughs> well no because i actually now i'm remembering more i put it down and then i told you the next day it went down like pretty significantly a point where like multiple times i was like gosh i need to sell this like this is i can't lose this amount of money it wasn't like that much but it was like eh, enough to be like stressed tony's not going to be happy about that <laughs> but i held and then the next day it like went up like crazy like 25 percent or something and i sold it of course but i didn't i didn't take the money out but yeah, so those days are a little bit. I did, and I had one of those with like, with Bitcoin recently. Yeah, I like how which you're, I'm like, you're like yeah, it's on. just a hobby. Here's all the it's times where I've been so fucking scared that. Oh, sorry, we'll bleep that out. <laughs> I don't know if this is an expletive thing. On this. He's like, whatever. There might be kids listening. Yeah. Who knows? Or, or adults. Speaking of which, let's pause here. And if you haven't reviewed us on iTunes, I. <laughs> I recently stumbled across the fact that we have like four or five random reviews. So thank you to anyone who's reviewed us. One as recently as January. They're all five stars. Probably because like all but maybe one are people who know us personally. But that's okay. I'll take those. If you're listening and you haven't reviewed us, we would love a five star review. And if you don't want to give us, if you're, if you're not going to give us five stars, don't, I don't want to waste your time. So just don't bother reviewing us. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Back to your hemorrhaging cash stories. I mean, right now, they've, I mean, that's what everybody says, right? It's like, it's good right now. Yeah, it has been good. But like anybody that invests in tech stocks or crypto in the previous like year has done well. Like that's not like it's a, a short, thing. it's a short window <laughs> of time here. Yeah. Like because, yeah, things went down, obviously. And then if you just put money in, like you'd have to be a total moron to not make money in this, in the stock market. If you like, if you could put money in with the stock market dipped down and then went straight back up like a month later and has been going up ever since. But yeah, I mean, anything could happen. This is not so investment we'll advice. Also, we'll come back to this specifically after everything drops and crypto, like, you know, goes back down to like, like Bitcoin goes back down to like a thousand dollars or something. Instead of raising outside investment, we're just hoping that Landon hits it big on Robinhood and we can just hire. 12 engineers with your winnings. Yeah. So, well, this though, I mean, we were, I actually was talking about this with Tony, my wife. And like, we're talking about like, what would we do? Like, if this stuff keeps going up, and I mean, who knows? If things go really well, like they have for some people, like, why are we doing that? Like, what are we going to do with the money? And, you know, we started talking about that. And we were like, I don't know who listened to this podcast, so I'm kind of scared to like say what it, <laughs> what it is. <laughs> but yeah, basically, like we want to help people, like you know, family and and different things. So we were like, hey, like this is like fake money. It feels like. So, well, it is until we it's just in take your bank this, account, which exactly. is still sort of fake, but at least it's liquid. That's what yeah. always worries me too. Is like I try to check myself whenever I'm like, oh, like these investments earned money. It's sort of like it's it could be gone again. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think it's going to go like just like the stock market. I think it'll go down again and then it'll come back up. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, a, a long enough I mean, time horizon, you'll be fine. I do think there's, I don't know if it's going to be Bitcoin or what it's going to be, but I definitely, it feels like, you know, we were around at Atlantic Village, like BitPay was there and it was all this like, you know, that was like the first little run up of crypto and Bitcoin. That was like 20, like 2013. 
I think, 2013, 2014. And then there was the next big one, which was like 2017, I want to say. 2018, maybe? No, 2018. That was like the second big run-up. And then this has like been the, the third big run-up. It definitely feels different than those two. Just in terms of like... I can't people... tell if it, I go back and forth between thinking it feels more legitimate and less legitimate. <laughs> so I can't really I can't really figure out where to land on that. Yeah. I mean, companies are putting a ton of money into like i guess mostly bitcoin i think a little bit of ethereum but you know like obviously tesla did but there's been other companies that are putting a significant i mean tesla did like over a billion you know that's like that's pretty significant to take like that percentage of your capital and just put it all into bitcoin if you thought that it wasn't gonna at least in the long term be something that you know is legitimate so I don't know. I mean, that's and that's one thing. But then there's like a lot more people that are getting into it. It does feel like there's we are destined for some sort of digital currency. Like it, it feels like that's the case. I don't know. If, like I said, I don't know if it's Bitcoin. I don't know what it's going to be, but it definitely feels like it's inevitable. I don't know how long that's going to be. Yeah. Another interesting thing I've been seeing about come up a bit more is the climate sort of impact, I guess, or basically because like you're mining Bitcoin, you're just like basically using a bunch of power. <laughs> so that's an interesting, like I haven't really like gone down the rabbit hole on that, but it's an interesting dimension to it that when you're just talking like pure investment side, you don't really, no one really talks about that. It's like an externality. I mean, no one talks about those from across the board, right? As long as the stock's going up and I'm a stockholder, I don't really care if they're a monopoly or they're, you know, paying people like below a living wage or whatever people obviously make exceptions as long as their investment accounts are going up but it's an interesting dimension to it that i will be interested to see how they address and how it maybe impacts like the general perception of them yeah it's i don't know i don't know what the right thing is but yeah i don't know i mean i guess it's like it's weird because it's like well if i can get the money shouldn't i get the money and then like do what i think is right to do with it Versus like letting these <laughs> like these companies go and do whatever the heck they're doing. But then it's like you're giving the money to go do that, basically. But then also, I don't know. I don't know if you can counteract it with good deeds or doing something better with the money. But well, yeah, it's sort of like buying carbon credits or something like yeah. does that. That doesn't actually remove like your emissions from the air. Mm-hmm. But it's better than. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know what's going on in any of these companies for the most part. But some of these that I do know something, like where everybody basically knows, I definitely have been more hesitant. And in some cases, like just haven't, like I just steer away from a certain like group of stocks because I'm like, I just don't want to be, like I know the stock's going up, but I just don't want to be, <laughs> I just don't want to be involved at all with that company. So I stay out. But you just don't, yeah, for a lot of these, you just don't know like what they're doing or what's going on. But anyways, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully I make millions and don't lose it all. We'll see. Come back to me in, you know, like 10 years. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be able to share any dip that you might survive as well. (laughs) Knock on wood, that won't happen. I'm sure it's coming. So what are you drinking or what did you already drink? Because I've already drank still, I'm still working on this. I actually have Uncle Nearest Tennessee Whiskey. It's pretty good. It's, It's got a cool story too. So it's Uncle Nearest 1856, 100 proof, and 
I pulled up the Wikipedia to get the story right, but <laughs> I think the actual whiskey was launched in 2017. So it's relatively new, but it's named after a former slave, Nathaniel Nearest Green, who actually, according to Wikipedia, taught Jack Daniel how to distill spirits. So that's pretty cool. That's not surprising. Yeah, exactly. The one you've heard of is not this guy. Not the one who did it. Yeah. But yeah, so pretty cool. So check that out. I would. What's it called again? Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest. That's cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I had a Sazerac. I was going to drink the same one that I had last week, the little tip top cocktail, but I didn't want to be lame and come with the same thing. Did you, so. so this was a DIY Sazerac? DIY Sazerac, yeah. What do you remember though? I didn't use rye. That's where I went wrong. Yeah, it was bullet bourbon. It didn't have simple syrup, so I just put, <laughs> this is where this is where it goes astray, but I put like, no, not even that, not even, no, it's worse. Like, I don't even know what it is, but basically like... Like sweetener? <laughs> like a sweetener, yes. yeah. Like Splenda like really, or something, like it's a... It's a yeah. Nice. Well, we, ha- we have different ones, and we have one that's like very powdery, so I thought that might like mix in more. So I, so I just took the absinthe, put that in, whished it around the whole glass, and then dropped in the sugar, and then like did the rest. But yeah, I mean, Came it out okay. actually tasted pretty good. Yeah. I did it with a lemon instead of a orange, which I actually prefer. I do lemon too. I don't know what the, is that not the right? I think lemon is the right way to go. But do you remember Ormsby's, which is like a cool, like underground bar in Atlanta? They always did it with an orange. And so I just, I don't know. I think I like that a little bit more. Yeah, I always do lime. Or maybe I just liked. Or sorry, not lime. I always do lemon as well. Yeah. Well, I used to go there. I used to live over next to that. And I would go, I feel like I went like at least twice a week, which is not healthy, but it was in my mid 20s so who cares <laughs> yeah now i'm like done after like one cocktail. now we're sitting at our own houses complaining about the new social media apps or whatever <laughs> oh those yeah it does kind of feel like we're old with drinking like, by the way drinking strap losers drinking a yeah, it's like, with with splenda in it at this point yeah so, perfect yeah what are we working on i feel like we've been working on a lot of i mean most of everything you've been doing and what I've been doing. Well, that's not true, actually. But a lot of what we've been doing is like trying to kind of like a bunch of different new things for ad reform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the big one this week is we launched our new website on Webflow oh, over the weekend. Out. Yeah. So it ad looks reform.com. pretty, it, like obviously it looks better, but layout wise and everything, it's structure wise, even copy wise, it's pretty much the same as our old website or very similar for now. But it's about to get like now we can easily just do stuff that we before. So our old website was actually <laughs> part of our code base, which actually worked pretty well. I think Calendly is still like that, or at least they were. So it they obviously can get you pretty their, far. They have changed nothing in like four years. Yeah, I mean, they don't I don't think that's like a big source of traffic for them. So, yeah, so it was kind of annoying because if you wanted to change stuff like it required like code deploys. So the entire application would be deployed, which isn't a big deal, but it's more just like kind of a lot of overhead for something that is like I'm changing a headline on a marketing site. So this will give us more. First of all, I just feel cool because we're on Webflow. So I feel like we're hip. And it it's also just looks really nice. And we rigged up some new lead flow type stuff for when people like our old, basically our old lead funnel was basically like, give us your email and then we'll eventually send you an intercom message because intercom, we I guess I'll just, I'll get into the weeds on this, but 
intercoms, if you have like, we basically set it up. So if you submit your email, we push you to intercom as a lead, but, and we had an automated message set up for like lead source attribute. So if you're a website lead source, you'll get this message, but yeah, according to their, it's literally in their help doc. It's like, don't do this. We only check like every, it could be up to an hour or something between basically, I don't know how their thing works, but however often they comb through the automation rules, it could be really, really delayed. So we were expecting up to an hour. Yeah. So we, we thought people would be getting an email within a few minutes, but it would be basically what would happen is we would get a lot of people submitting their email and we, we, we pushed it to Slack. So we would get notified right when they submitted. And then we'd get the same email like five minutes later as if, cause they're like, wait, what's supposed to happen? Yeah. Nothing is happening. <laughs> so not great. Cause yeah, we don't have an actual free trial sign up. You have to kind of, we talk to you first and then we do it from there. So that has now been solved. We're actually using a product called Courier for this, which is pretty sweet. Check it out if you're like into that sort of thing. It's basically like a notifications as a service type thing. And it hooks into all sorts of email providers, push notification providers, blah, blah, blah. So it's the layer that hosts, it can host like your email templates and it can also host your user email preferences. So like if you have sort of lists and stuff people can you can like make api calls to them to manage people's subscription preferences and stuff which is really cool so we haven't we haven't gotten into all that yet but it's pretty nifty so we just have it they push out a an email through our email service provider but i can design it in their like very easy to design thing so so now yeah that's all fixed which is really cool and we have like i know you were doing a lot of manual like we basically had some templates and stuff but you were doing sort of manual like hey thanks for signing up answer these questions and it was an email based sort of thing. And now it's a form type form based thing. So we push it to HubSpot and we like are just more, it's much more solid and more organized than it was. So, yep. So now we got everything. We were using HubSpot like a year ago and then we kind of stopped, I don't know, <laughs> steered away from it just cause I don't know. I mean, if you want to be completely honest, <laughs> if you're running multiple SaaS businesses, it just becomes extremely with like, no sales team or anything. So it's just like me. When it's just you, it's like, why am I recording? Like, why am I spending this extra time to go record a bunch of stuff that only I'm going to look at and doesn't, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, this it feels like, just a waste like overkill. But like, if you're doing it, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. And we had, we've always, so, we always had visions of like, maybe one day we'll be able to CRM just for intercom, which I still think is a good idea, by the way. But so we ended up basically using, we've mostly been using intercom as our primary like database of sorts, but. It just doesn't have the right, like, it's much harder to have. You you just can't have, like, deal pipelines and funnels and stuff. So, that's yeah. what it is. No, yeah, anyone working on that, let us know. Yeah, totally. Well, we'll give you some ideas. Anyways, so, yeah, I got to break something to you, though, about the website that I saw today. So, I went on there, and this is probably, I don't know whose fault this is. I think it's my Wait, fault. Wait, did you go on mobile? No. Oh, okay. I mean, it's it's both of our fault, but, like, it's fine. We can assign well, a lane later. We, we pushed the site. <laughs> so I went on, I think, yeah, like our main, I mean, our main landing page off the homepage, which is like the screenshots page. Like we basically have, you have like the top header with the form fill to give your email. And then under that, we say like how it works. And there's a bunch of like, mo- like little sections of like, like things in our app, like features basically with like screenshots next to it. And then a little description under the feature. And every single description was said the same thing. Like as if it was like 
it was this description for like the last little like feature or module <laughs> but it was the description for every single oh, one. Oh, good i, I definitely did a, not notice that so perfect my guess is just like copy paste in no way josh when you listen to this, this is not your fault my guess is at the time which was like a long time ago i was just like yeah just like switch everything over like i know we don't have copy for these things but like just like add <laughs> you know just use this one and and put it in, in the place of each one each of the different features or modules and we'll like a, you know we'll fix it later or we'll like we're gonna come up with a copy later well never came up we with did a copy. we did much later in fact after it was live yeah we did today because i saw that and i was like oh well i mean the good okay. thing is like nobody cares right <laughs> no the good thing the good thing is now we have webflow and i can just go in and change totally. it in five yeah, seconds that's huge and boom done Hopefully Google didn't index us today. What before I'll say that, to you is that uh, we, I actually did notice that and I left it there on purpose so that I could showcase the Show value this. of Webflow. For <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's new. Another cool thing we have on there is we've thrown some testimonials on there, which is pretty pretty neat. We already have some like write ups from some customers, which are which are more in depth, but now we have a little more, just like hey, check out this five star review and a quote, and it's pretty nice. Yeah, we've been trying to just like whenever I get a little bit of time or if I'm like happen to be talking to a customer, I basically just like, hey, can you go do a review on G2 Crowd, which is what all the cool kids are using. So yeah, we have like, I don't know, like three to five reviews. We could probably get more if we actually, you know, sent this out to everybody, which we probably should consider it. But I have some other ideas there. But yeah, so we have some reviews now. And we, what are you using for that? You're like, you basically just push it in via some sort of yeah know, third is party it? thing yeah i was i was looking around i was thinking these g2 and captera and stuff i thought they would have like well i think this started as me thinking maybe no it started as me wanting to have something to push reviews to both services because i know captera is another one that people use i think there are some things that sort of do it but like sort of don't and i know i'm assuming those tools don't really want you to be doing that so i don't think they necessarily make that easy but I was also looking for something on the back end of that. Like you have all these reviews. How do you, what's an easy way to share them? And so there's some third-party tools too. We're using Endorsal, E, starts with an E, like endorsement. Endorsal, and they just have like embeddable widgets and stuff. So you can just quickly throw like a scrolling quote thing and it just sucks in. You can sort of curate the reviews or you can just use all of them and they'll just swipe through your site, which is pretty cool. Funny, like again, in the weeds moment on that is I also set up a, I already had set up a check. We use Checkly for monitoring stuff. And so I'd set up a Checkly browser check on our, on the Webflow site already. Real browser check. And the, as we used to call yeah. it back in our rigor days. The pricing for endorsal is based on like widget views. And so our bot was checking, you know, every 15 minutes or something. And so I got an email from the guy being like, oh, looks like you hit your limit. You time to upgrade. And I was like, we haven't even launched the site. So I don't think it's possible that this is actually real human beings. So obviously they were they were nice and they they let us like basically skate by on the free plan for a little bit longer. And I since updated to exclude those so that the bots don't count. But something to think about if you're trying to use it. That's the beauty of a multi-step real browser test. Is you can what was the this is this is a long time ago, so I feel fine saying it now. But we <laughs> Remember when we won, what was that, Steve? What was the free <laughs> award? It was like for Rigor, we won like number one, like most innovative startup in Georgia or Atlanta or something. Yeah, it was like we won this award. Technology Association of Georgia. Yeah, it's like a pretty big 
thing in Georgia and there's like a you know there's a bunch of really fast growing startups and stuff like that and they do this final vote they like narrow it down to like 10 companies and then at the like ceremony they they like kind of introduce each all the companies and then everybody that's there at this bit it's like this big gala or like ballroom thing and there's like thousand you know like a thousand people there or something they all vote and whoever gets the most votes is you know number one most innovative company so when before they did the vote somebody might have set up a real browser check that basically would go to the site where you vote and vote every like minute for like (laughs) for like i think we set it up from multiple locations around the u.s going to that site and voting for us to be number one every minute for like the next like two hours or something and yeah we won i don't know how much it helped but you know perfect it was part of the game plan yeah manipulating or (laughs) automating browsers can lead to some interesting sort of gray areas yeah we were we were bad that day i'm pretty sure we also stole the wi-fi from the hotel like somehow we like hacked into the wi-fi or something and stole it but you know whatever that was like eight years ago nine years ago sorry correct that's crazy yeah whoops getting old (laughs) again clubhouse kids kids these days i know gosh yeah and so i guess another big thing we've been working on is taxes and tax related things obviously it's the end of the year we just finished our bookkeeping we've had some things that have cropped up that are different about our taxes that we've never had to do before so we've been working on those but one of the things that was kind of interesting because i just went through this over the last couple of days was the r&d tax stuff so if you're i mean most of the people that listen to this i'm assuming are either work at a tech company or have started one but like pretty much everything you do is basically r&d at this point like if you're you know within like 4 years of of age and so there's a bunch of different ways you could get the r&d credit Obviously, you could just go to your tax accountant, but it's going to be like pretty ma- like you're going to have to do all this. You're going to have to like fill out forms manually with them and like well, and first make back sure and forth. accountant, which hopefully is the case, but is familiar with software and stuff because yeah. <laughs> that's that's also part of the issue. Exactly, because like also it, they can probably do it for you, but if they're not familiar with that, then they may like I don't know, like they may make you do like more work than you need to be doing, and then you're just wasting time. So anyways, there's a number of services that provide this now. And I looked at like the three, I don't know if they're the top ones, but like they're the ones that I hear about the most. And the one that I ended up choosing was, I've heard this from some people, but like one of the, I guess they're like one of the fastest growing SaaS companies in the US right now. I think I saw that on Twitter somewhere, but anyways, it's called Main Street. I read it on the internet, so... There you go. I mean, it well, it's like a no-brainer. It feels you. true, so I don't know if it is, but it feels it true. It feels like it's true because it's so, it's such a no-brainer to go with them. It's one of these like business models where it's like, we're going to do all this work for you. And if we don't make you any money, like it's free. But if we make you money, we get, you know, a slice of it. We get, I think they do 20%. And depending on like how big your R&D credit actually is, which ours would be fairly small, I think you can get up to like 150k or something if you're like a bigger company but in the the higher you go the percentage you know goes down there's some sliding scale. So anyways, basically what they do you just log in, you answer like it's basically it's not a type form but like you're just going through some sort of like form fill. Then you link up all of your financial tools so you would link up your 
accounting tool. So like we use Wave, but it could be like Zero or QuickBooks or whatever. And then you you link up your payroll software as long as you're you know paying W two employees in the U S or contractors in the U S. Can't do any outside the U S. And then you would hook up a Stripe so that they can pay you via Stripe. So the way it works is, which is pretty cool. So they they go about like getting you your your credit or getting some sort of estimate of what you should be getting over the next year. And then every month that you get payroll, they basically, I guess they take it out. Of, like they take some small percentage out of your payroll, but then they pay you like they pay you more than that. So they, they end up fronting you the money that you would get that you would normally get at the like as a tax credit at the end of the year when you fill out the form and all this stuff but they front you the money. It's like, it's kind of in the same mold as like pipe and some of these different things that where they're able to like front you the money. So yeah, so they basically just take like for us, it's going to be like 20% of whatever credit we get. So it's not like we're having to pay like upfront for anything. Like they're going to pay us and they pay as, as you go. So like they just, it all like every payroll, they're going to pay you out whatever it would be over like an entire year. Yeah, so that's a really it's cool It's like, I mean, idea. it's a no brain. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, and like you're willing, like their cut kind of is sort of like, well, we wouldn't have gotten this money anyway, so fine. Like we could, like, right? You could you could work with. But it's like, what is, so let's say the top line number is like 100K. So they're taking 20K. What would it cost you to do it yourself with time and literal money spent on an actual accountant or something? Like it could be less than that for sure, especially probably as you get better at it. But it's like the fact that I don't have to think about it is worth probably 10 of those 20%. <laughs> like just, yep. yep, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Especially now when <laughs> like we've been, a lot of our discussions have been around like, okay, what the heck? We're doing so many different things. Like how do we automate some of this stuff? And like, should we be hiring somebody to take over some of these things so that we have time to do all these other things? We're kind of getting to that point. And so like now it's like, it's not worth shaving. Yeah, I'm it's totally not worth shaving like a couple percentage points off for like a month of work or something, whatever. We definitely got, yeah, we've gotten to the point where we're like slightly more lazy about like, I wouldn't even say call it lazy, but it's like, you know, in the past you would like really dig in and like look at every Oh, I mean like expenditure. I I think we have an old blog post of like our, (laughs) of the various tools we used and stuff. And it was like, they're all free. Like did a bunch of research to figure out which ones had the best free plan. I mean, obviously had what you needed, but also were free. Now, I mean, that still is a factor, obviously, especially like looking, trying to look ahead and be like, okay, if we end up scaling up with this tool, is it going to become extremely expensive? But it's like, hey, it's especially if you can do once you have a little bit of cash, it's like you can do annual deals to save money. You can do for certain things that you know you're going to use. So, yeah, this is one of those things like this one's even better because it's like we're not going to pay unless we get paid. And that's money we would have had to work for otherwise. And we get it up front every month instead of waiting to, you know the end of i guess it would be like november or something next year so tune in i guess tune in to a future episode where we share the actual experience hopefully it's it matches up with our expectations yeah i went through a lot of it today like hooking up like connecting all these different you know our different tools and stuff answering the questions them like sending you the estimate it was super quick i mean it it's more like a tune in in 3 like years when the irs sends us like an audit audit <laughs> for this year or something yeah so that's another thing they insure you up to a million dollars in the case that you know you get audited and something goes wrong they'll also like supposedly jump in and support you during an audit so 
you know, it seemed like there was like a, a good sort of. They have an answer for. That. I mean, I'm sure that's the biggest objection, right? That's got to be so. Yeah. Nice. Well, anyways, yeah, yeah awesome. it was pretty pretty solid, and it's something that I no longer have to think about, and it will hopefully ensure that we can get our taxes done on time this year. Yeah, <laughs> this will be. I think we've gotten. I mean, we are so ahead of schedule. We're we've gotten better every year which is like kind of a low bar because I think the first year first year or two is like pretty bad. But yeah, I feel like we're in the best spot we've been in, which is which is a good feeling. Totally. Yeah, I mean it's I hate taxes. It's I'm trying to do ass. the same thing on the personal side too is like I have actually a Notion. Last year and maybe the year before I think I used Notion. Yeah, the past 2 years I used Notion and Google Drive and stuff to like basically like here's a list of all the things I should be getting. And so then I can go through the list and like download all the right things and just make sure well, what, they're all where they need to be. So that's what keeps happening, right? Is like when you have an LLC, it all passes through to you. So basically, like we're blocked unless we get the the company taxes done. Until we get that done, yeah, that well, happened to we, us we, two years ago. I think it was like, okay, well, we didn't get the we didn't get the company ones done. So now we're all going to extend until October or something. It's like it's so. I, I hate. I also hate extensions because it doesn't like it feels for like a week. It feels good, but the worst part is when you do it in the fall and then it's like three months later you're doing taxes again that's so terrible so and by the way we use tax file with tax i mean it, it's y-l-e for those of you yeah along. i like it i mean it's i don't have a ton of other experience but i mostly like it because i am jealous a little bit of their business i think it's like i don't know what they're actually i have no idea like how good the business is doing it feels like but i out. i like yeah, I like what they're We've doing. We've used them though. for like, two or two years, maybe. But it feels like even in the past three. Oh, three. Okay. It feels this like the past like eighteen year, yeah. months. I've seen more of like ads and stuff. Like they're they must be doing either doing well or just trying to like pump up, crushing Google and Facebook. And well, you're not. I'm always Facebook, born but... sort of like ta- the tax file approach is basically like. I mean, I guess you once you're linked up with someone, you can keep using them. But the idea is it's sort of like a productized service for taxes. I'm always torn between. I love that approach because it's like I don't have to. Like it's just, it's built for asynchronous and sort of like it's built like a product. So you don't have to think about it, like hopping on phone calls with some like, you know, accountant guy or whatever. But the flip side of that is like, it's either I want to do that or I want to be like, find someone who actually I connect with who understands our world and that I can like, that can get enough into our business that like they have more context. Cause that's the only downside of this is like, they don't have a ton of context. So, well, you don't have it yet. And you don't have context of like, their background like what are they are they good at like maybe they're specializing in like restaurants or something yeah i've never actually we should probably just like request we should like make a feature request or something i mean presumably they're matching you up when you're signing up but that might be when you much yeah i mean it's basically a form that you go through when you create a new project and so that you could do like personal taxes business taxes like whatever they got all these different things and then you go through the whole process and then they, at the end, it basically asks you, like, do you want Premiere Pro, which are the top 1% of our tax people? Or just, like, are you fine with, like, the regular? But even that is sort of, like, what does that mean? Like, what is the top 1%? Exactly. <laughs> they don't on, tell like, you. They just make billable hours or, like, customer reviews or, like, how, how are these? I mean, honestly, it could just be, like, bullshit just to, like, make you pay more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another, like, 50 it's bucks or something. farm of people just, we're charging you extra to feel about yeah it's probably that but so th- they do that and then they'll say well do you want like anyone that you've ever worked with before and so 
we've used the same person the past couple of years. So I think we'll probably use the same person, but which that I do like, I mean, that's, that's not a given for something like this. It makes sense. Like, but it's not a given for a productized service. Cause a lot of times it's, but the whole point is like, it shouldn't really matter. Cause you're just getting like a product basically. But, but I, I think they've really nailed the productized service, like from a experience. product perspective, yeah. like it's mostly just like the initial experience is a form. Then you're thrown into this like, hub with that other like with whoever on the other end is like doing the service for you and then like there's a place to like store documents that are shared between you each of you there's a place to chat with that person and there's like a place to see like milestones of the project and like they have a bunch of you know they've got notifications so they're emailing you like when thing when things change or when chat you know there's chat messages like they just like they've nailed everything pretty much everything that you would want from a technology perspective of a productized service. So, I'd be interesting to know like what their business model is. It's it's also cheaper. I've noticed it's it's cheaper than using Which, I mean, I mean that least, makes sense. That would be part of the selling point, I guess. But yeah, so I I wonder like who are these people? Cuz I like who are these tax accountants? <laughs> Like, where are they based? Are Like, why are they charging less? Or, like, why are they cheaper? How much does TaxFile get? I just, I don't know. I just want to know what their business model is. Yeah, it's a cool... I'm jealous. I do, I really <laughs> like that. I mean, I think we talked about this before, but I, I really like these type of things where it's like we take some sort of old school thing and we carve out a slice of it and turn it into, like, some sort of constrained but flexible experience that makes it extremely easy for end user and you can save a little money. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. And for the, for the other side, it's like, I'm sure they're just like working from home. I don't know what controls they have to say, like, I only want to have X number of clients or I only want to talk to people that are in software or whatever. Like, I, I assume they have stuff like that because that would help justify them. Like, they're trying to standardize their inputs so that they're not spending a bunch of cycles figuring out stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I don't know that it's for everybody because like even Tony, she'll be like, I want to talk to somebody. I'm like, well, we're talking to this person. No, like I want to talk to him on like a phone. Hop on, just like, hop on a oh clubhouse chat, right? Full <laughs> circle. Exactly. Well, there are people out there that just like, that's what they do all day is they get on calls. Like, to, yeah, I'm, I'm like, on calls, I want to do whatever does. I have to do to not talk to this person. Exactly. <laughs> I feel the same. Until like, if it's, if it's something extremely like something goes wrong or whatever, and like, there's a lot of nuance. I mean, I still think you can do it with like, if if they were like I could record a loom and explain myself, but there are certain cases where a call would make sense. But anyway, yeah. So club clubhouse meets taxes. That's is that the next business idea? There you go. All right. Well, I guess we'll start tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, we should probably wrap it. We're already our episodes have gotten rather long, but I'm I'm also enjoying them. So again, if you because we're drinking, yeah, yeah. we're drinking and we don't have like <laughs> kids shouting in the background or like people nagging us on during business hours so yeah and it's the only time we like talk during the week so yeah that works too like on an actual yeah because we've all we've we've made it very clear that we don't like phone calls yeah (laughs) yeah we do i feel like we do tuple like it depends week to week but periodically i haven't heard from me this week i still there's been no tuple ringing i still want to do the other thing i really like in theory is yak chat i still want to like i want that to be something that works well for us i haven't really tried it again but it's like asynchronous voice and video and stuff. The only problem is it's hard to save that stuff. 
So it's got the async component. But it's still like ephemeral. Then, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's part of the thing with async is like it kind of has to be permanent. Like you, I mean, you don't want it to just like disappear. You want it to you want it to live somewhere so you can reference it back. So yeah, I think I would be surprised if Slack didn't build something like that. Who knows? In like or buy some? Maybe they'll buy them. Yeah, I think they even have like transcription and stuff that pushes into Slack now, which is cool. But again, yeah, that's you like already... maybe that's solving. Yeah, that sort of feels like it's they're moving toward like use it with your chat tool. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to avoid all of those things. So who does Slack? Yeah, like they oh, when yeah. you record, Slack, I think yeah. it can. It'll transcribe it and push it into a channel and stuff or something, but it feels which is cool. But I'm sort of like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. So I feel like we're there's too many tools for all this. Tandem is the other one. Tandem chat was pretty cool, but there's just too much. It feels we're just sticking with our basics of Loom and Notion. Pretty much, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm there. I'm already like overloaded with millions of different tools that I'm having to. Actually, this will be a teaser, but I think in a future, in a soon episode soon, we should, something I was thinking about is talking about like our personal, your personal software stack. Mine has, especially paid, mine has grown substantially in the past like year or two. So like productivity and whatever else. So tune in next week for for that. Yeah, we forgot to get into our like D to C buys this week. Oh yeah, I will say. If you're still listening, like you'll 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 find out. But Coco Floss, which is what I, I think I referenced a couple episodes back, not the great. Like it's not bad. It, it so it's flavored. Tastes like kind of cool. Chocolate. It's subtle. It's a very subtle flavor. Like they have like orange and mint and I don't know coconut or something. But it's very subtle. Like you might not even notice. And then which so I'm fine with that. But the floss itself is sort of like if you've used like store brand floss, which feels like very terrible when you're trying to pull it out, especially like in your back teeth. And then if you use like the fancy stuff, like the glide Oracle or I mean, Oracle oral B or any of those, the glide ones pro glide. Those are like the, the really smooth ones. Those are the best ones. This is sort of in the middle. So it's not the worst floss, but it's definitely not the best. And since it's like, basically I'm not subscribing. I'm not, I bought the little sampler pack, but I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep going. So he also sent me like, They've sent me a lot of emails that I did not want. So I almost never, I have found that I almost never subscribe like long-term to any of these well, things, which makes me feel like I'm like, like I, I floss every day. I need floss. So I don't want to run out, like just send me one every X months or whatever I'm supposed to do. Like that, that, that makes sense. I could probably just do it on Amazon or something, but yeah, the only one that I've stuck with is so far has been coffee. So I get I and I actually got that for Tony for a birthday, and, but it was mostly I wanted it. You know, you know those kind of buys. <laughs> Wait, which one did you get? Did we talk about this one yet? I don't know what it's called. No, I'm not sure what it's called, but it's basically just like a craft coffee. They give you, yeah, they just give you a different brand of craft coffee from around the U- U.S. Every, I want to say I do it like maybe once a month. So it's like it's not quite enough coffee. Like we go through more than one bag per month, but like. It's it's good enough to be like like because also just buy one like when I'm at the store or something. So I we always sort of have like two at a given time. Yeah, well that we can go through. Yeah, I guess we haven't talked about that because like, we we've been using Bottomless. It's the same idea, but they actually give you a scale. So it, they send you a scale, and then you put the coffee on the scale, and then they auto reorder coffee. Like you have a queue, but but they just order it when it's time, so that you and like you'll get it before you run out, basically. 
So they just, but they don't know when like your in-laws come and they drink coffee like five times a day. And then, well, <laughs> that weekend, yeah, it's not like, perfect. Oh, it's not perfect, obviously. But they also have like, we've been just, I switched back and forth, but I just switched back to like the big bag. So it's like, you're less likely to run out basically. So is there like a, do you pay for like the scale? It's like, you get it, it, uh, I think I got it. Maybe I got a promo or something. I don't know. I think I'm still on like a free trial, but you pay like five bucks a month and then you buy the bags of coffee. Okay. So you pay, so you're usually paying like 20 bucks a month. It depends. It just depends on how much coffee you're drinking. Because if you like some months we've gone through when we were doing the 12 ounce bags, like you might go through like a lot of them if you're drinking a lot of coffee at that point. So it just depends. And there's different tiers of like you can shop for through all the like different roasters and stuff, which is cool. So depending on what you want to spend, you can go up or down on the bags themselves. Yeah, I I can't remember what I'm using, but yeah, each bag is like around 15 or 16 bucks. Yeah, that's something like like typical for for that space. So yeah, that I've been we've had a couple a couple issues with it. Like most recently. There was one issue before where the bag got shipped, but it didn't get here for like a while, like two weeks. And then while it was waiting, they like reordered again because I think they thought we ran out again or something weird or they thought we were going to run out. And then that bag went to like the post office and didn't get delivered or something weird. Dude, physical. But other than that, it's been fine. And I part of the issue is we were drinking like we were we switched from the big bag to the small bag and the small bag was too small. So we. It was like we're we're burning through it too fast to really keep up. So the big bag is better, or you can get you can get multiple scales. So that's another option. Physical physical products are that's a hard that's a hard that's a good that's a good business because like it's still a fixed like yeah I mean you're still at the mercy of the post office at the end of the day, but the it's like a fixed size and weight, and everyone drinks coffee all the time. So it's like you know you're going to be in business, which is pretty cool. Totally. I did also buy an Apple watch. Oh, not on subscription. Um, hopefully. <laughs> well, no, it does come with a subscription. $5 a month added to my Does it have like phone bill? Network? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's got network. I basically wanted, I was debating going from the Apple watch. Of, what was the other one? Fitbit. Fitbit had some stuff that I liked better, but the one thing they don't have is like, a net, you basically have to be like near your phone. Bluetooth. That's the only way to like do anything on your watch other than like time. Yeah, that's a non-starter. Yeah, that's kind of like the point. My number one thing was like I want to be able to go on runs and not have to carry my like gigantic phone and like maybe drop it where it's raining or whatever. And I still want to listen to music and I still want to like track on some app like what I'm doing. So that was like the main use case. And then I mean it has some cool stuff, but they're kind of like meh. Like it's like it's got like blood oxygen level thing, which I'm like, which I, I don't I've know, heard I don't there's like caveats all around, right? Like this is not a medical device, something, something, something. <laughs> yeah, don't trust this, but check it out. It's the number one new feature. I had the Garmin, which one do I have? Vivo Active, which I like. I mean, they're not like fancy and cool. I also have the Samsung Galaxy Active, I think it's called which is like more like an Apple watch, I guess. But both of them let me play Spotify and stuff without my phone, which was like my entire thing. The thing I like about the Garmin is that the battery life is super long because it's not doing all this. Well, I turned off all like any notifications anyway, because I don't want that. And then it's just not as it's not like a touchscreen. The Vivo Active is a touchscreen, but it's it's not syncing and doing all this crazy stuff. And there's limited. It's just much more limited. So the battery life is amazing. I think the screen is different technology. It's not like an OLED screen or whatever. So is it waterproof? 
probably. Yeah, it's like legit. Like I swam in like the lake and the ocean and stuff with it. Yeah, like you can take it on like triathlons and stuff. Yeah, that's like classic Apple where they like they make it seem like this is the only features they have, and then <laughs> it's like wait, everything else has those features. Yeah. But I mean, the marketing was so good that I think that it's funny. Actually, I've been <laughs> I think we're like the only ones. That yeah, have. we're way off the rails now, and I paid way more than. I, yeah. we were, I was actually I was thinking the other day. I was like, so Apple has. I don't know if you if you know or care, but I know you're like an iPhone guy and now you're you're like in the Apple ecosystem. So they've been like they recently, somewhat recently in the past like year, I guess, made it so you could set your default browser and default email client. You could change that stuff on iOS. Cause before it was like if you click a link, an email link, it's gonna open in Apple Mail or whatever. Like you can't or yeah, if you if you click a regular link, it's gonna open in Safari. Now it's customized somewhat recently ish relative to the iphone it's it's customizable and then now they're doing even the music app is like you can set your default music app like i've never owned an iphone so part of me was like i wonder if they keep doing because those are those are some of the things that annoyed me the most is like i don't want to just have to be stuck in the like apple's world basically but maybe if they keep it up maybe i'll try an iphone at some point we'll see well yeah i mean i've thought about switching too but it's just i don't know i've got so much Apple stuff now it's just like I just want to I just want to I don't want to think about it <laughs> and this was also like half off so that was that, that was helped. definitely that part helped. of the decision yeah anyways I have six percent battery on my computer and no charger so we better yeah I guess another preview is that we're <laughs> we're getting m1 macbooks so yeah hopefully the six percent battery won't be as much of an issue but stay tuned but that's also the issue on the watch still a crappy battery situation however they can get it they can you can like completely recharge it in like i want to say like an hour how how often do you have to charge way faster like every day or i think it's got i want to say like a day and a half to two days i think it's less like than depending on days, if you're running and stuff obviously yeah yeah and it i don't i still haven't like really gotten into it yet by the way i got a charger so working for fun but <laughs> i still haven't like figured out like should i is there something where I can like turn the the display off or like I just haven't gotten into it yet that much so I don't know there's probably stuff I can do that will make it last longer but I think it's like a day and a half is kind of the standard but it just charges so much faster than it than it used to. So yeah, anybody out there that wants an Apple Watch generation 1, I've got that. It's a hot I know it's a hot as commodity well as a 2017 but- MacBook Pro mm. <laughs> and a 2015 MacBook Pro. Yeah, well, these Might are be traded these in are available for like a anybody... on Apple's trade-in value. So thanks. Yeah, I think I could get maybe like 50 bucks for the watch. Maybe not. Maybe like 10 bucks. Just go to Flippa. I just go to Flippa and look. See. Yeah, that's another topic we need to hit on at some point. All these this trading card frenzy. And I, I don't know, know nothing you... about it other than I've heard <laughs> people talk about it as much as you just did. So. <laughs> You've never collected my never my, collected, yeah. my card like sports my cards sheltered information diet is it serves me in some ways but not in other ways yeah I mean I collected baseball cards and stuff do you still have them I have no idea you should ask your parents people are selling stuff for they're probably somewhere I, there's probably yeah there's probably something in there. or Pokemon do you have any of those no I never got into Pokemon like I played Pokemon you seem like the type that wouldn't have gotten into it like eh. I played Pokemon like Game Boy Color because Game Boy Color was was awesome but I didn't I didn't do like trading cards or anything. Mm-hmm. My yeah, my mom saved everything in like nice binders and stuff. So yeah, I assume if I I'm don't have the baseball there, cards, like, it's not because it wasn't on purpose. Because I think my parents typically have most of our stuff. So well, there might be you might have a fortune 
It's just sit, sitting in your parents' basement somewhere. There's there's a lot of people out there right now that probably have, like they don't know what they have, and they might have, they might be sitting on something. So they should they should get after. So hopefully it, I'll but. be back on the podcast at some point once I once I uncover my wealth, my secret wealth. I might just retire. But if I do come back, yeah, I no can share problem. what baseball cards I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, sweet. Until next Alrighty. time. Talk soon. All See right. ya. Peace.